Welcome to Quality Perks, the podcast that not only delves into the intricacies of contact center quality management, but also uncovers the personal stories of industry leaders. Brought to you by BPA Quality, your trusted partner in enhancing customer experiences. Good morning and welcome to Quality Perks. I'm Karen Dupree and I'm with Neil Eggers. We're hosts and our guest is TV Bassey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to go to the clipboard as I often do because we got some great guests and uh, T-Bay's got some great credentials that I want to make sure that I get correct. So we have Vice President Customer Experience at Dominion Energy. And you come to us by way of MBA, Northwestern University Kellogg School of Management. So, Tive, welcome to the show this morning. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We were just discussing how both Tive and Karen are in Virginia. How's the weather out there today? Everything kind of calm and this time of year? Sun's out. You can see a blue sky. It's pretty calm. Fall in the utility world, yeah, it's not a nice day. It's a nice day in the utility Leaves world. start changing nice yet? I'm in Florida, so we don't get any of that, but a little bit. A little bit here. I'm okay. in Southern Virginia. Yeah, so a little bit. A little bit. Awesome. So, Karen, as we always start out our conversations with our drink of choice, what are we working on today in your office? I am drinking um, Cafe Du Monde. Mm-hmm. Coffee and chicory with my almond uh, uh, vanilla creamer, and it's delish, and I totally recommend it. And cheers. That's delightful. T-Bay, what do you have today? I'm a tea drinker. I'm a tea drinker. All right. Have, um, Fortnum and Mason's elderflower and strawberry, elderflower, strawberry, and rose. Silky and this morning. And so I am uh, always, always with the tea. Important Mason makes the tea. What's the one of the questions we always ask is consumption of tea? Are you like one cup in the morning mm-hmm. and that's it, or is it throughout the day? Or it's pretty. Bad? It's pretty bad. I think um, there's a there's a longer story that I won't tell as to why I don't drink coffee, but I drink tea. But I drink a lot of tea, so I would say um, two to three bags of tea a day most yes. days. So you, you and I, we speak the same language. Correct? I have what once was a triple shot of espresso. Now <laughs> there was ice in there. So now it's uh, from uh, Starbucks fans of the show will know my personal feelings on Starbucks. But as my daughter calls it Starbies. Here we are with my, my triple shot. Yeah, I've gotten some flack over the episodes about the amount of coffee that I drink that it's, you know, five or six cups a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to bring that back because people are worried about my health. But you know, we're trying. What 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 works and makes us get through that the days is important. The people are worried. It's, it's good to have people that care. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, you know, yes. And, and there's studies caring. that show. Well, <laughs> there's studies that show that coffee is actually makes you more intelligent. Look, keeps you living longer. Keeps you energized. 
she was looking at me when she started that. <laughs> so T-Bay, thank, thank you for joining yeah. us today. One of the things we wanted to talk about is, is, a, is a passion of yours, and that's a love as a KPI. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to get your input and, and insight as to when you say that and you, and you speak about that, what are you referencing? Yeah, well, I am. Um... I it, it's a it's a phrase that sort of embodies the notion. I believe that when when organizations are primarily driven by love for people, not only but primarily being their goal as a company um, is to love people. And I can talk more about what I mean by love. It's not a mushy feeling. It's not an emotion. It's not, as I say, it's not high fives. It's not positive vibes. But it's truly your intention towards people. If that's the driver, whether your peop the people are your employees, your customers, your shareholders, your people in the community, I believe that creates even better financial outcomes, strategic outcomes, operational outcomes, all the things that we traditionally want as in business. Um, you get more of that and you don't sort of have people be the collateral damage of how businesses run, which often happens. Um, which often happens. And I know that's like strongly worded, but it's true. Mm -hmm. um, and so love is a KPI. The premise really is if we measure the things, right? A KPI stands for a key performance indicator. If we measure the things that are meaningful to us, right? And we all measure something in our personal lives, in our professional lives, or measuring operational metrics, financial metrics. Do we also, should we also be measuring the impact on people? And I don't mean just simply the impact on people as it relates to us, right? So for oftentimes we measure, you know, customer satisfaction or things like that. They're good measures. This is not either or. This is both. This is a both and conversation. But we measure those things to measure how the customer or the employee or whoever feels about us. It's really still about us as opposed to them. What, did it, what was the impact of their interaction with us on them? Did we leave them more filled with hope? Did we leave them more depressed? Like after they've interacted with us or worked with whatever that interaction is, whether again, they're mm -hmm. customer or they just happen to live in a community that we, we operate in, what happened to them? And so love as a KPI basically is built on, if we're measuring things, should we also measure the impact on people? And that loving people really is a strategy in itself. So you, you, you touched on a key phrase there, the intent, love is an intent. Uh, so I'm not, you know, the, talk us a little bit through there. How do you, when you say love is an intent, how do you, how do you measure that, you know, in a, or how do you introduce it? And then how do you measure it for success? Of course. So the definition I have, and I think introducing this notion of love as a KPI, I've been talking in sort of business professional formal settings about love. Um, it's, a, it's a very sort of strong word. Everyone has their perception of what love means. And so I don't, you know, my goal is not to say that's wrong or that's right. I don't, you know, I go just share what I mean by it. Love is the outcome, right, of the perspective. So how you see people, the posture, like your posture towards people, and then the practice, which is your actions. It's the outcome of your perspective, the posture and practice that prioritizes. I'm not trying to be, to have alliteration for the sake of it, but that prioritizes the need of another, mm. the, the betterment of another person. So it's always about another person. So it's the perspective. And I I think perspective is key because if you don't even see people as worthy, if you don't see people as worth the time, as worth the effort, if you see people as a means to an end, if you see people as a tool to get your business outcome or a tool to make the money or a tool to drive the strategy, if people are a utility, um, then it's it sort of that's it stops there. Uh, but if you see people as valuable, if you see people as worthy, even if these people, again, 
customers, your employees, whoever, if how we see people is what determines everything. But when you see them, how are you, what's your posture towards them? How do you treat them? And then actions, really are the actions. And so where that's true, and we all know where that's been true for us in our personal lives. We all know where people have seen, we, we know, even if they don't say it, that they see us as a means to an end. Or we know what it means to be treated as, right, you're, you work here, the goal is this, you are not the goal. And we know the opposite, hopefully. Hopefully most of us know the opposite of when someone has seen us and valued us. We know the response we've given, right? And so I'm trying, I'm tying this to business success because oftentimes there's this fake firewall between what we know is true in our day-to-day lives and what we expect in business. We know that when we've been seen and been treated a certain way that elevates us, that shows us there's more possible, that shows us there's more in us. We respond to that person or that place mm-hmm. with loyalty, with telling people about it. We may not call it loyalty, but there's there's something about that. So it's the same thing, right? Whether it's a teacher, a person, a leader who has done that for us, right? They may not have called it love. They may have not called it anything at all, but we know the, rea- the way A, it left us being, not just feeling, and B, sort of the impact it had on our ability to recommend that person, work for that person, stay longer. It's the same thing that we want in business, right? And so it's basically trying to break that invisible firewall that we have between who we are um, in our quote unquote regular lives and sort of how we run right. businesses. Yeah, it's 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 almost uh, it's very company value-esque, right? So in you know, all the companies that we work for, you'll see the, the company values hanging on, on the wall and how we want to carry ourselves and how important our customers are. But those are usually just uh, values. What you're talking about is how you actually do it, right? That's the show me moment. How do I actually deliver and get that type of reaction from our employees? And then our employees turn around and activate that behavior with with customers that they're speaking to. And while you were talking, I, I was thinking, you know, the thousand, I call it the thousand call stare. Maybe you have agents who are you know, you know, working all day and they've got, you know, thousands of chat transcripts or social transcripts or calls or emails that they've been responding to. How do you, it's, that's hard to, to think about love and to, and to see that customer for who they are, give them the attention that they need because they're the reason they're contacting you is real. It's very real. But to you, you may be like, okay, it's, this is the 50th time I've heard this, this complaint today. I know where the answer is. And, yeah, you may not educate that customer the way that they may necessarily need to be educated or so that their their feelings and, and complaints are validated. So how do you go about, you know, implementing or, or, or teaching or training mm-hmm. agents to, to, to live in this world where it's every call is what you have to, you know, what's the structure look like? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I had, yes, it's a great question. I think it's the question I get the most often. Um, with Love is a KPI, I focus, I believe the, re, the, the root of it. Um, all right, let me, let me back up. Whenever I ask people just in broad audiences, when you think of a great customer experience or a great experience just overall, what company comes to mind? There are a few that come to mind consistently. People say consistently. And I've asked this question dozens and dozens of times. I'm sure I've reached like a hundred times, like a lot of times. And there's a reason a few companies come up over and over again, because there's something about how people are left feeling after interacting with those companies that they have systematized. It's not a fluke. One example, better or worse, hate them or love them, is Chick-fil-A. 
Chick-fil-A comes up all the time. I make the joke that Chick-fil-A has the people in the toehold. It's I ask this question, East Coast, West Coast, North, South. What company comes to mind Chick-fil-A? It's not that everyone's going to one Chick-fil-A restaurant. All the Chick-fil-A restaurants that are around the country that people go to, they yields the same outcome for them. How do they do that? Well, there's a few things. One, there's a kind of person who works at Chick-fil-A. There's a kind of way they think. There's a kind of way they operate. There's not just the people in the front line. There's a kind of person who designs the, there's an intention, right? And so with Love is a KPI, I try to ask, encourage people to focus less on what are the 10 actions I need to take? The question is, who do you need to become as a person? Mm. Who you are, your actions then are an outcome of that. And so again, just think about the people that we know who consistently, everyone who meets them has the same great things to say about them. You know, there are people who are very popular, very well known, but they make every single person feel like the only one in the room. How do they do that? It's who they are. Hmm. And so the work to be done, I believe, in this era of leadership is less. Here's the there, it's not just training. It's how do you, how who are people becoming? How do we shift the perspective of people as people who are just genuinely becoming more loving? It's from mm-hmm. that that everything else comes. And so you may be someone that um is given a list of here's three things to remember as you're taking calls. But after the fifth really frustrating call, you're going to revert to who you already are. It's not sustainable. And so I believe, but if you're someone that's actively becoming and there's a whole sort of depth on that process of becoming, um, that's it's not really different from how we, we become who we are now. But if you're someone who's actively becoming more loving, if actively you're saying, okay, I, I see you, I, how you talk to people is going to show up. Even when you're tired and you don't mean, and you, you're, you don't feel like it. So it's really a function of who we are as opposed to a list of things in the 10 step program. And so the work that I would love to do um, with leaders of, of the enterprise nonprofit government is the work on them becoming who they need to become, becoming a leader that naturally sees people that sees people as worthy and valuable. Don't you don't think of people as tools, a leader that naturally postures themselves towards the betterment of others and a leader whose actions speak that whether they're working or they're in the grocery store or they're home, a leader whose family would say the same things to them as their coworkers would say, it's who you're becoming less as a, as a list of things. So that's the work. It's a, it's much quote unquote harder. I don't think it's that much harder, but I think it's much harder and less, you know, tangible as here's a checklist. I think checklists are good. I think checklists give you, in fact, sometimes the action can generate the becoming, but I think the end goal is just having a cater of leaders who are actively on their journey. It's, you're never done. You're never like, I have reached level 10 of being a love-led leader, and so I'm done. No, it's continually becoming. Well, again, we know people whose lives are just this way, and so they get the outcome over and over and over again. And that's why I started right. with the company, because it's true in companies as well. Yeah, as you were speaking, I was thinking about you know your example of the, of the company. I'm sure we all have you know examples of, of, of leaders throughout our careers where you you can put them kind of into categories of you had that love that leader who led with love kindness matters type you know leader and then you've you've had others who who don't who, who fit into a different category and the reactions from staff and the the performance of the teams is probably dramatically uh different uh based on the on those styles of, of leadership not to say that one is good and one is bad one has roles in certain organizations in certain departments and that may not translate to to other departments so uh, certainly when you're that customer facing, that customer experience group, you need to be thinking about that 
that kindness matters and, and love as a KPI. I think to you- Can um, I challenge as, that, Neil? Just sorry. Sure. Um, because it's not department, it's not about a department and it's not about, a, about niceness. There's a big difference about being nice and loving someone. So one of the other things that I get a lot is, okay, it's about being nice. It's not, it's not about telling people what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. It's not about skirting from the truth. It's not about excellence. It's not about performance. It's all of these things, performance, excellence. You know, I don't expect that because I'm in a customer role now. If I switched into a finance role, this goes away. It's just about how we treat people. People. There are people right. in finance jobs, there are people in supply chain jobs, there are people in accounting jobs, there are people in operational jobs. At the end of the day, the needs of people are the same. So I wouldn't align it only with the corporate function. And it's not about niceness. You know, it's not about being friendly. As I said, it's not vibes, it's not high fives, it's not good feelings mm. either. Mm. Think about again, you know, just in our personal lives, I always want to bring people back to what we already know before we sort of put on the suit of being a corporate and corporate person. Think about the people who we know loved us, but they, 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 there's, there's a, such a thing as tough love. They didn't always, right? If you love your kid, you don't say you can have whatever you want, drink all the soda, eat all the candy. You, you have to, sometimes you have to give tough feedback. That's also love. Hmm. And so it's who you are at all times in any job, knowing that, and again, it's not about giving people everything that they ask for. I don't believe that every customer should get every single thing they ask for. No, and that's not good business sense, but they should know. I'll give you, I'll, I'll say this lastly. And I stole this from one of the leaders at Dominion Energy. Um, and he said it, and I've been saying it everywhere. He talked, we talked, we're talking about CX. And he basically said, this is about giving people the benefit of the doubt, giving our customers the benefit of the doubt. So that when we, if we do something that they don't like, they trust the, our intention towards them, right? And so think about customer experience that way, particularly for utility. If we're doing something, introducing a program, putting a meter or doing something that the customer's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't like it. We want them to say, however, I trust the mean energy's intention towards me. Mm-hmm. Think of it as a leader that's that way, right? Whether you're giving bad news to the team, you're, you're setting a standard, you're introducing a program, you're cutting a program in, in, the, in the finance world, whatever it is, you want to be a leader who naturally people trust that your perspective on them, how you see them, your posture towards them, how you act towards them is with their best interest in mind. Right. It's, and consistently a, and holistically. A hundred percent. And from yeah. there you're leading from ye- there, you're designing products and services from there, you're launching things. Um, so it's, I would, I agree. I would just say that it's not tied to a function. It's just who right. people are. I need, we need to continue this. I need a masterclass. I need to go to, to, to one of your events and, and delve into this a little bit deeper and, very intrigued on it because it, it, the impact that it does have is huge. And I've, and I've honestly never looked at it, you know, the word love, like when you kick this off, right, that's a, that's a strong word. And, it, you know, some people, sometimes I think people are, uh, sets them off or maybe, you know, it makes them uncomfortable and it doesn't, it doesn't need to be. And I think from this conversation, I've learned uh, a little bit about how to, you know, to interact and how to move forward. So um, thank you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. But yeah, it's great conversation. Um, thank you for joining us. And I, one other thing I was going to add, um, you talked about the, the Chick-fil-A example, the, the type of people that, that they bring on, that they look for this type of, um, you know, structure the way people are, right? And the way that they think. And it ties me into, you know, like a psychometric pot, you know, um, philosophies that, that we have here at BPA and, the, um, you know, designing these types of analysis and tests to, to 
to specifically figure out who those folks are, what, you know, that, that deep inside them, this is, you know, love is a KPI makes them churn. Um, so that's something, you know, we can have, we can have, but we should get Faye, our psychometric, uh, oh, that'd be awesome. uh, and you together on a future quality perks and just, 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 just have us just let, that would be great. let you go. It would be fantastic. Yeah. But we're actually debate. doing a um, live event next week on psychometrics where Faye and David are, David is our owner of the company or president of the company now, um, where they're talking about how psychometrics can be used in the, in management, um, mm. in the contact center, um, mm. and, and measuring performance. So this is definitely right in that, that wheelhouse. Yeah, as well so so you got to make sure you attend and start peppering him with questions as you absolutely as, as the presentation goes forward TBA karen thank you so much uh for today great conversation we look forward to having you absolutely. on uh, again in the future thank and you. uh have a great rest of your week thanks so much thank you so thank much. you